Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and the differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. And the score currently stands at 2018 to Pokemon, and this time we are watching episode 39. The Battle for Earth. And wake up, Snorlax. I just really like how different the titles are. First of all, we have administration across the nation. This is a theme song. It's not very long. Okay, we'll start off with the tweets, which are from at Connor with a no. First of all, they quote us saying, there's no press B for real life. Hashtag words to live by. Who said that? Was that me or you? You said that. In reference to what? Evolving. I said, like, you can just press B to cancel evolution. And then you said, there's no press B for real life, which is true. There's no takesy backsies. Yeah, there is no press B for life you've got to live with your mistakes and carry on unless you count hiding under the duvet till all the problems go away well that's just not pressing anything it's postponing the problems okay maybe putting gasoline on it burning it with fire no that's just deleting your save file i'm not suggesting arson for anybody okay next tweet and they say that i'm right because ninetales is majestic intimidating powerful and learns fire spin therefore making ninetales better than vulpix also it sounds like 90s which we can all agree is definitely the best decade that's not i come from there i come from the 90s the 90s was great yeah, but I was born at the start of it. I was born in the middle. I had to go through the entire of it. The first 10 years of my life, all I knew was the 90s. That must have been great. To be fair, the 90s was quite good. The 2000s were awkward. 2000s was when school years started for me. I've been in education for like 16 years now. 80% of my life. That's a weird thought. And last tweet says, We are both wrong for thinking that the rebirth of a major villain as a kaiju is not as good as another filler episode of Pokemon. Okay, I like shows that have kaiju battles, and this one's kind of... I say, I'm going to mention it in today's episode as well, how Venomode is one, isn't really threatening. He's just big. I, I'm going to say he doesn't really destroy buildings, but you don't see him destroy any, really. He just He's there, and then there's just a mess. And kaiju battles tend to involve two giant monsters fighting, and we're kind of inconsequential. We're just there. This is more... There's a giant enemy to fight and all the small ones are going to fight them with the power of stock footage. But what was the what was the other one? It was the Eevee episode, wasn't it? That was cool because we had lots of different Pokemons. And the show is called Pokemon and it showed us a lot of them. It was cool. As opposed to like the Dragonite episode where it just shows us the hint of a Pokemon. I think the problem with the last episode of Digimon was that it started with spoilers for the entire episode. So nothing could really take you by surprise it started with spoilers what do you think the prophecy was the prophecy was essentially spoilers in like the tv guide that's what the prophecy is it's the segment from the tv guide about what's going to happen in the episode that'd be an interesting tv guide entry the sky will be darkened by the wings of many bats i don't know okay i'm very tired of course you are this might wake you up when you hear my halloween special idea okay you might hear this that's me opening a cider. From this point on, any time one of us says Pokemon or Digimon, I'm going to have a swig of cider. And I will probably get drunk, which will add a scary element to this episode. Are those the ciders I bought last week? Yes. They've survived a week? My god. I don't drink a lot. This sounds like an awful idea. I'm just having one swig to get myself warmed up. Basically what you're saying is you're going to drink all of the alcohol left over there. I've got two cans here. I will go and get more if I run out. 
you can just have a drink, you know, you don't need to justify it. No, but this makes it an excuse to do it on the podcast. This is not a Halloween thing. It is. When I get drunk, I get scarily stupid. We need to do something for Halloween, and that thing is alcohol. I'm going to do a creepy story then. It's Pokemon related. He said Pokemon. I also then said Pokemon, and that's three times. This is a true story. Because it happened to me when I was about 11 years old. And this is when the Pokemon trading card game existed. Take a drink. And I had a deck of cards. Everybody at school has a deck of cards. And I had left it in my trousers for um, school. And my mum didn't know they were in there. And put them in and washed them. And I didn't realise. And then after she gave me my uniform. I put my hand in my pocket. And there was just this mess of cloth and paper. And it was all of my uh, cards completely ruined and i was so upset and uh i went to sleep and then when i woke up the next morning i was really upset and i checked my pockets and the pack of pokemon cards were just there not ruined how does that work i don't know they were definitely the cards and they were definitely ruined because they had been washed how do they come back Ooh! did you have a nightmare about your cards being destroyed no i was awake because i'd been given my uniform and i'd put it on my my chair near my bed I don't know. I've had dreams that have seemed real before. It was definitely not a dream. It was a nightmare. So something spooky happened in my house and I got haunted by the ghost of a deck of Pokemon cards. Take a drink. I have actual ghost stories, by the way. This is kind of one of the the, the bad ones, but it was Pokemon related. Take a drink. It wasn't even a ghost story. It was just a story. It was creepy and spooky and mysterious because what happened they they were gone and then they were back i've no idea or there's the actual nightmare of the fact that pokemon go take a drink is currently messing up really bad and my pokemon go plus take a drink is absolutely awful like it's not connecting and there's like services you can use where you can use like pokemon go take a drink to check for pokemon take a drink around you and people are using it and it's just slowing the pokemon go plus as well take two drinks and pay 30 pounds for this thing and it's not even usable right now so niantic need to sort that out and it's an actual nightmare can we please get through this episode before i die i don't know what you're on about i'm just talking about what we need to talk about i thought i'd give you some pokemon and each one take two drinks related stories <laughs> okay <laughs> administration's over you've nearly emptied my first can already oh dear this isn't even on purpose the first episode we are watching this time is The Battle for Earth. After several lengthy Digivolution sequences, the newly formed Megalever Digimon battle and defeat Venom Myotismon. Once he is defeated, the sky opens up to reveal the digital world floating above them, causing the Digidestined to come together and travel back to the digital world again in order to save both worlds. Digimon, Digimon Masters, Digimon I say digital far too much. Well, that's true of the show as well. But that's like literally the plot of the show. It starts off with two lots of warp digivolutions. Yeah, it goes straight into it from the theme song. And it sucks. We get the backstory of the last episode, but it just literally starts up with two lots of digivolutions. It just kind of ruins the start. Like the first few minutes is literally just like that digivice little like screeing sound, which I'm painfully aware of now. It has the theme song music in the background as well. So it's just like several minutes of just the Digimon theme song in the background of everything. And it really drains on. And I had to have a drink because I I said the word. You did. But we listen to the introduction music. No, we get the, we get like the little bit of recap. But even then, that's like a tiny bit of recap. Yeah, it's hardly worth it. Yeah, we get like 30 seconds of recap, not even that. And then we get about 
a minute, a minute and a half of just the theme song and Digivolutions. And then after that, actually, which makes it worse, is we get two stat screens. Yeah, they do just describe them, don't they? Straight into the analysers. So for the first, like, three, four minutes of the episode, we've had nothing new, really, apart from just Digivolutions and then screens and just that's it. It's really boring. It hasn't progressed the plot at all. And it's like, okay, well, this has kind of made it a bit dull. Please do something. We want action. But then we cut to Izzy and Izzy says that they're Mega Digimon. They evolved into their Mega Level forms. It's like, yes, that's why they're called Megas. Well done, Izzy. It's better than Mega Ultimate Level. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just likes to sound smart. And they go and fight Venomotismon. And I noticed that the shots in this episode are really bad in one venomiotismon is in an empty field in the middle of nowhere and then in the next shot he's in the middle of a ruined city so many shots of his backside as well and then he just dances around a little he does lots of shimmying side to side <laughs> and shooting lasers yeah he shoots lasers by the way oh yeah little rainbow colored eye lasers rainbow lasers he's waving the lgbt flag for digimon yes he is oh i said the word so the kids are following their mega digimon as they fight venomotismon and then the others are also joining along and as they leave mimi says to joe's brother please take care of our parents joe to jim and i'm like it's funny because it's clearly a a wrong line but it just kind of makes sense for mimi it does make sense i can see mimi messing up names all the time she's just like please take care of our parents joe my name's jim okay john whatever She hasn't got time to listen and remember everybody's names. And then they get to the battle and Tentamon is saying how there's already Bergemon, Ikakamon and Togemon. It's like, yeah, we can see them there. And then he digivolves. Yeah, and then he gets a digivolution. So far we've had two warp digivolutions, one digivolution. Lots of digivolutions. And then they all have to attack together. They combine their stock footage to attack him. And it does nothing because they're two levels below. So it's kind of pointless for them to attack at all. From the start, we've had three evolution sequences, two stat screens. Izzy and Tentamon have both spoken and said, what is clearly in front of us and then we've had everybody use their stock footage attacks that's in the first like 10 minutes of this episode oh yeah and the theme song so that's eight things that we've seen or know of so nothing new has really happened and then the first like new thing that happens is the beast within happens and it's like yeah i'm the little beast within yeah it's like oh oh i I can't take you seriously (laughs) it's such a dumb thing i am the evil within him that's not evil that's just Mildly irritating. Dumb little thing in Venomiotismon's crotch. Also, if you notice, like, everybody did an attack and then this crotch demon appears and then suddenly everyone's hurt and can't move. It is weird. <laughs> then there's this long sequence of just focusing on the faces and them thinking things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, it goes to each and every person. They have their own little internal thought. Cuts to the next person, their internal thoughts. Oh, they are stretching this episode out so much. My favourite thoughts were War Greymon's, which was just, because he's in pain. And Kari's thought was, <gasps> Well, that's Matt's, which is, I've let everybody down. Matt always lets everyone down. He's a failure of a friend. He's always let everybody down. It was just funny, the juxtaposition between the really long internal thoughts and then just things like, ah, and, who thinks gasp? Who thinks gasp? Gasp. Gasp. So everybody has this internal monologue and then Venomotismon is laughing because he's going to win and then Ty's like, no, we can beat you and then the crests start glowing and... <gasps> That's exactly what Kyrie was thinking earlier. 
now it's a bit more appropriate for her to think that. But I noticed that the lights from the crests are like equidistant around him. Are you telling me that they were stood together and then they were having these thoughts unless they were all running around him? Apparently they've all stood in different places for some reason. Like really close to him. Like close enough for the crests to actually affect him, but also like far enough away from each other to be able to grab different limbs with their crest restraint things. Yeah, they're like the arms reach of him. They're a bit too close for comfort. So then he's restrained and the mega level Digimon are like, yeah, we can defeat him now. So then, hey, Digimon starts. One sec. I need help for my second can. This is so unhealthy for you. I'm not a heavy drinker. This is a really bad idea. Yeah, it was a bad idea and you wanted to do it. And I am far too tired to stop you, buddy. So, hey, Digimon starts. And I hate that song. Hey, Digimon. Hey, Digimon. Take the tension out of the show. Hey, did you mind? Hey, did you mind? No, stop. I've got to have five gulps now. Six. You said it once and then four times in the song. I said did you mind six times. Okay, now it's six. What are you doing? Uh, you made the bad decision. So yeah, that plays. And then Metal Garurumon headbutts or something. The ball, which is an entire building. It's from the TV station from earlier, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like... He hits it like a ball. For some reason, it becomes a soccer thing. Or football, as normal people call it. That observation deck or whatever it is probably weighs like hundreds of tons. And it can just hit it and it will fly like a ball. Which it won't do because it's made of solid metal and concrete. Who cares? Physics don't apply in this show. So they throw an observation deck at the tiny little yeah demon. Yeah. And then attack it and then... It gets exploded, doesn't it? Yeah, well, Greymon uses Terraforce to launch a fireball at the giant football thing. And then Venomotus one dies, and that's the amalgamation of all of the last arc, and it feels super anticlimactic. Like, that's it. They use, like, a football thing that Metal Garumon can apparently lift, a hun- like, a hundred tons or whatever in weight. And it's like, that's insane. They're the mega levels. They're the strongest ones. They can lift essentially a building. Yes. If Venom Biotis can crush a building, I don't see why they can't carry them. If Metal Garumon is in a fight later on and can't lift someone off them, I'm going to be so annoyed because that means that the thing that they're lifting is heavier or exerting a greater force than an entire observation deck of a building we'll have to look out for that metal gurumon ever gets pinned to the ground by something i can't remember if that happens or not venomotus one's dead so glad that's happened and that's the end of the episode except it's not except it's not because we've got another 10 minutes of weirdness yeah this entire battle took like five minutes probably (laughs) tops such an intense battle for earth but it's been like 10 minutes because of the stat screens speaking of which we get salamon who has another stat screen and it's kari narrating it yeah and salamon should have been here a few episodes ago but who cares saying it's salamon it's like how would kari know this because they've never met salamon before i agree kari shouldn't know these things so the battle has been like half an episode with lots of filler and maybe two attacks in total to defeat him. What a great battle that was, guys. And then all the parents are there, and TK's mum bumps into a guy when she goes past him to get to TK, and it makes a weird, like, bump horn noise. And I don't get why. I don't even know exactly what you're talking about, but it sounds funny. When she, like, comes out of the crowd towards TK, she, like, pushes past a guy, and it makes that little, like, noise. And it's like, why? Why is this funny? This isn't funny. It sounds amusing. She pushed past someone to get to her son who has just helped save the world. Yeah, but then it makes it noise. That's silly. And then Jim is riding Joe's scooter. 
yeah, Joe owns a scooter. This is a great revelation. Oh, and we've not mentioned that at this point. There's a weird thing in the sky. Oh, yeah, there's the digital world. It's up there now, by the way, folks. It's just there. You get, like, half of it in strips. But we don't know yet because all the mountains are all the same blotchy mountains. You'd think those blotchy mountains would be pretty recognisable. The digital world is very distinct blotchy mountains. And things fly into the digital world and they get weirdly greyed out and, and fall and break. So a plane goes near it and that happens to its wing because Coagamon goes past it or something. So then we get another digivolution. So this is like number five. The number's already too big. And then Birdemon has to go and save a plane. And it has to digivolve to Garudamon to do it. So this is the sixth digivolution. And then Ty congratulates Birdemon on saving the plane, even though Garudamon's quite clearly just done it. And they decide they've got to go back to the digital world. And Ty decides that they all need to put their digivices in the circle because that'll help. How do they know that's going to work? With Digimon and Digivice in hand, there's a Digidynamic voice in Digiland. Okay, fine. They listen to the Digirap for instructions. It's a prophecy. They might as well try it. Digi- on adventure try it and then they all go and ascend while saying goodbye to the parents to their mama mama yeah they say goodbye to their mama and it's like they've never called them that before why would they do that because it's soppy no it's dumb oh and we forgot to mention the worst joke because when kari gets salamon she says that they don't allow pets in their apartment but they own a cat oh yeah so the joke is just wrong Anyway, going back to the goodbye, I thought it was okay. It was pretty nice. I think it was to match the lip flaps that you made them say mama. I think the best goodbye was between TK and the mother of TK. The rest of them was just sort of like, mama, bye, we'll be okay. Just really sad because they're saying goodbye to their families. Kari's just like, don't worry, we'll be okay. Or at least they all will be and I'll just suffer on their behalf. Any notes on this? No, that's pretty much everything. Very little of anything happens. Yeah, I'll say that in a minute. Favourite thing? When Venomiotisman just twerks all the time. I didn't notice him twerking, but now that's a, a horrifying image. Just imagine this, like, 30-storey tall giant monster just twerking against your building. <laughs> He's constantly just swinging side to side. Oh, it's amazing. It made me laugh every time they had just a shot of his booty going back and forth. I'm kind of glad I missed this, but also kind of not. I think I might have to watch this episode again. because No, I'm not watching an episode again just to look at Venomotus one's bum. There's just so many shots looking at the back of him. So funny. What was your favourite thing, though? Mimi calling Jim Joe. It just fits her personality. I went and heard it. I was like, that's, that's kind of funny, actually. That makes perfect sense. I believe that. I mean, I know it's an error, but it's one that matches the character, at least. I do quite like the idea of Joe having a scooter as well. No, because it's like a full-on moped. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a two-seater moped, and he's 11 or 12. Well, who cares? Joe's mature and responsible. He can have a scooter if he wants one. He's none of those things, and you know it. <laughs> I have no response. Overall thoughts? It was better than the last episode, but not by much, I would say. Nah, see, I'm, I'm kind of the other way around. This one was so much stock footage and focusing on people and not a lot of action, and there's so many... Like, digivolution screens and stuff. There's no actual battle, really. Well, last episode was just a lot of ambling around instead of the stock footage. So it was kind of achieved the same thing. It was as bad as the last one. I'd agree that it's on par with the last one, I guess. It wasn't a good episode by any means. It was meh again. I thought it was bland. just boring. Definitely bland and boring. They could have cut the last two episodes together into this one. They probably could have. There was a lot of waiting involved. 
and faffing. But the prophecy didn't cover what happens after the angels, so they couldn't do it all in one, I guess. They decided. I guess they wanted to try and make a big two-parter finale to the arc, and it just felt like there wasn't enough content for that. It fell flat. Yeah. The second episode we're watching is Wake Up Snorlax. Ash and co are hungry, but there's no food in town since the river dried up for no apparent reason. They head off in search of the source of the problem and find a Snorlax blocking off all the water. After a few failed attempts at waking it up, Team Rocket turn up and try their own approach, which fails as well. They find a door hanger underneath Snorlax, saying that he needs to hear a pokey flute to wake up, and both Team Rocket and Team Twerp rush to find a hippie that played music to them earlier. The hippie wakes up Snorlax, who then eats away at a load of thorns that were also blocking the river, clearing the way for the river to flow as normal again, so that the people in town don't starve and die. Starts off with the gang and Sleepy Chew, because I wrote a note called Sleepy Chew because Sleepy Pikachu is adorable. They come across some kind of hippie. Well, it is just a hippie. It is just stereotypical hippie. They're playing the poker flute, but the th- it's like the theme for the poker flute, but it's ever so slightly off. Like some of the notes aren't the right ones. They didn't sound very recognisable. If it is based on the poker flute song, it's not too similar to it. The first seven, eight notes are the same as the poker flute one. So he plays a little bit of music for them, and then he says that they need to give him food. And it's like, okay, but they didn't ask you to play the music. Yeah, it's not how busking works. I've played you some music. Now give me food or something. No. You owe me now. I'm just like, what? But to be fair, Team Rocket have the best response to him. I know, they're just so unamused. They just called him out and they were like, you want us to give you food because you played us music? We're gonna go. And your music sucks. They aren't very impressed at all. And then Ash and Co. can't find food anywhere because nowhere has food. And they find a guy who gives them food because that's what happens in this show. And he tells them that the stream's dried up. Well, it's a river, but... Okay, the river has dried up. And I don't know about you, but if I had a town that was dedicated to growing its own food maybe that's what this place is maybe they're all like hipsters and they like have all locally sourced food and that's why they won't have any food left because it's all grown locally and stuff that's why there's a hippie you think it's a commune maybe but even so it's been two weeks since the river dried up that shouldn't affect the food supply unless all of the crops grow within two weeks or they've got two weeks supply of food in a small place yeah it doesn't work because crops don't take just two weeks to grow they don't have like a supermarket or something that's got food in there it's been two weeks since the river dried up but no one's gone upstream but yeah if you lived in a town that grew its own food and the river dried up wouldn't you go upstream don't they say something about everyone that's gone upstream hasn't come back no 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 he says no one goes upstream anymore because no one knows what you might find it's like Oh, oh, so no one goes upstream because you don't know what you'll find up there. Ooh, guess we'll all die then. It's spooky. So spooky scary that you have to go upstream because you might find, I don't know, the blockage. Yeah, you might just find the thing that's going to cause you all to die. They were just like, no, it's blocked. Let's accept our fate. Let's just die now. This is the fate that has been assigned to us and we must live with it until we die. So there's the first big plot hole in this episode. All these people are just happy to basically starve to death instead of walk up a river. So Ash and Co decide to go upstream. Because they are stupid apparently and aren't afraid of anything. 
they don't know what might be up that little river. Who knows? Danger. What they do find is lots and lots of thorns. And this is where the second plot hole comes in. Because the river would have stopped the thorns blocking it off. It wouldn't have been able to grow into the river. Unless the Snorlax blocked it off first. But then there's thorns behind the Snorlax. It doesn't work very well. I get what you're saying. The thorns can't grow into a running river. Because as it grows, the river would be pushing it. That's why you never see rivers completely covered. That's not how it works. Ash and Co try and crawl through the thorns and find that it's too thick for them so they have the brilliant idea to use their pokemon to solve the problem because who would think to use pokemon in the pokemon anime also psyduck is a gem because psyduck gets summoned and he's just like stuck with thorns i preferred it when bulbasaur came out to tackle the thorns because it uses the most sedate move ever and then they meet snorlax and snorlax is my spirit animal it wakes up just to eat, then goes back to sleep. It's me as a Pokemon. So yes, you are Snorlax incarnate. Kind of. I don't I don't sleep for a month. You're not quite as fat, and you have a fuller beard. Yes, I do. Ash decides to maybe capture it, so he throws a Pokeball. And I'm like, okay, but the first thing you learn, Ash, come on, fight the Pokemon. You have lots of your own. Just catch it by weakening it. To be fair, in this instance, I think he's just trying to get it to go in the Pokeball for a second so he could throw it out the way of the stream, or river even. He could have at least tried to capture it. Spoilers, it's owned by the guy. The hippie owns the Snorlax. I feel like that's a dub thing. Eh, probably. They're trying all sorts of things to wake it up. And they can't. And then Team Rocket appear with a camera for some reason, because they're recording this for some reason. And then they do the motto and they're talking into the microphone in turn as they do the motto and it's great. Yeah, they do this whole fake TV show thing. And all I have to say is that I would totally watch a Team Rocket TV channel. I would also. It'd be great. Then Team Rocket and the Twerps have to work together to try and get Snorlax to wake up. And they try to do all this fairy tale of Sleeping Beauty. So they have to try and get it to wake up from a kiss. And I'm like, that's dumb. That's That's not rooted in real logic. So then... They keep using different Pokemon, and at one point, Psyduck kisses Snorlax, and it's so cute. And then Misty slaps Psyduck, and then Psyduck blushes, and I'm like, ah. Felt that blush was a bit weird. It was either felt really enamored from Snorlax, or it just got it enjoyed the 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 being slapped in the face. And I was like, is Psyduck kinky? Is Psyduck into BDSM? <laughs> or Psyduck uses pain to increase its psychic powers. So what if it? really enjoys it Ew. <laughs> yay Psyduck's been ruined for you now I have a question though do you think that the whole joke of every time Misty tries to call out a Pokemon Psyduck comes out instead is getting old yet no because Psyduck's adorable I think if it was just that it would just come out and stand there yes but the times you've seen Psyduck has been like the thorns it's funny kisses Snorlax it's been funny on the bridge it's attacking instead of Starmie Psyduck fights Cloyster and ends up hurting itself with its own attacks it's kind of cute it's kind of funny it's not really worn down on me yet I kind of still enjoy it I think what's different about this joke is that every time Psyduck comes out it does something new if it was like what I thought Primate was going to do whereas every time it came out it would just attack Ash that would have been boring, but because Psyduck does different things every time that it appears, it's still... At one point, the gang managed to get Snorlax to move a little bit, and there's just this solution underneath them. It's just a tag that says, use a poker flute to wake it up. It's like, that's so lazy! It's one of those do not disturb door hangers. But it's just like, 
just do this and you'll solve the problem. So they go back to the guy because, yeah. The guy being the hippie with the pokey flute. But on the way back, Team Rocket and the twerps end up fighting and Ash blasts them off for no reason. They have the same goal and for some reason it's become this competition between them to see who can wake up the Snorlax first. And that's actually pretty fun, I thought. Yeah, it would have been cool if they had played on that a bit more. They do take turns to try and wake it up. This episode is just a bit of silly, fun competition between them. A little bit, but not enough. So the hippie finds Snorlax and it's like, yeah, that's mine. I'll just leave him here. It's like, you leave it next to a river and it's clogged it and you never decided to go and see if it's okay or anything i think he has quite a lot of snorlax to look after yeah probably yeah he has like a clock or something which says when he has to wake up certain snorlax it's a really dumb idea yeah it is like his life is literally go and wake up snorlax once a month for some reason i mean if he dies or gets injured what's going to happen they're just going to stay asleep forever or something i don't know maybe it's a pretty stupid idea to just have this guy constantly roaming around waking up snorlaxes but that's his job in the pokemon world i wonder if different regions have different hippies flocking after snorlaxes so he wakes snorlax up eats the thorns the snorlax eats the thorns not the guy snorlax eats the thorns not the guy water comes rushing back and the town are happy and they're going to celebrate with a banquet it's like okay but you don't have food the guy that gave them food at the start has food because he kept stuck basically they got pointed towards the solution and solved the problem and that was the end of the episode they did it they did the thing that they always do which is like that same structure it's filler and it's a structure and it's boring it's not boring i thought it was pretty fun wait wait, we'll talk about that in a sec have you got any more notes i felt like team rocket seemed really super organized in this episode like they were really just on point with the different plans that they put together and everything they were just on form yeah i liked in this episode they're good i i like team rocket in general they're entertaining and fun yeah but this episode they had things like the the plan to lift up snorlax with a balloon ideas like that which are just really thought out and well put together they just seemed like they were really on the ball for once it wasn't a dumb plan it made sense and that was pretty much all the other notes i had what's your favorite thing then my favorite thing is that pretty much every character they run into in this episode has Brock's eyes. They do? Every character they run into either has their eyes covered or just has the slits that Brock has. I didn't notice that. It's just like a town of lots of characters with Brock's eyes, which makes me think that there's probably inbreeding going on in this place. Even the Snorlax has Brock's eyes. Inbreeding in this weird hippie commune. My favourite thing was Snorlax because it's a Pokemon after my own heart. It's not surprising that you'd pick Snorlax. What else would it be? The thorns? The thorns are cool. They lead to Bulbasaur doing the most sedate razor leaf ever. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Bulbasaur's just literally a still image of Bulbasaur with the razor leaves going around. <laughs> I found that funny. Yeah, that was a bit weird. No motion whatsoever from Bulbasaur as it attacks. It's just sort of there. Okay, uh, overall thoughts? I thought it was a fun little filler episode. Okay. I enjoyed it. You're allowed to enjoy it. The problem with this episode is you could essentially replace Snorlax with a large rock and it would be the same episode. I think it's a lot harder to wake up a large rock. Have you tried fluting a large rock? Fluting? No, I like that it was a Snorlax. How are you complaining about there being a Snorlax when it was your favourite thing? You're making no sense to me. I'm kind of upset because i know later on ash catches a snorlax and i thought it was this one and i'm super upset it's not now because i quite like snorlax yeah i thought that ash was going to catch this one because i remember episodes 
worries how does Snorlax to deal with. And there were fun little filler episodes as well, from what I remember. But yeah, it would have been nice if Ash had caught one at this point. But it'll probably be further down the line where he finally gets one. Yeah, I just felt like people could have looked at why the water ran out. Thorns wouldn't grow like that. Snorlax was essentially there. It was literally an obstacle. Could have been replaced with a rock. That one's debatable because it's the whole point of the episode. Yeah, they, they could have moved a rock out of the way really easily. Brock has a giant rock snake. The other two just didn't really make sense. A lot of the plot doesn't make sense. They made the whole episode feel quite contrived. But I had fun watching it still. It was just a bit of silly fun. Quite a few funny moments with Psyduck and other things that I've forgotten about right now. Team Rocket. Team Rocket had some funny moments as well. And I liked the hippie character. He was a laugh. So yeah, I just had a fun time with it. Well, you seem to have enjoyed both of these episodes. Yeah, Digimon's is okay. Me, not so much. I just felt they were kind of boring. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. What was your Monster of the Week? It was Bertramon slash Garudamon for saving a plane, because it was cool, I guess. Did the same thing, according to Ty. I think it's cool. It was a, an interesting thing to just have to use a Digimon to save a plane from crashing. It was good. Yeah, I did quite enjoy the bit where they had to save the plane, and the Kawakamon was flying around causing chaos as well. That was uh, probably the most exciting part of the episode. Not saying much, because the episode was really boring. Cool. What was your monster? Yeah, I was going to say Snorlax, but I don't know. I'm going to say Bulbasaur. I don't know why. The one shot of uh, emotionless Bulbasaur. It's how much effort I put into things. I just sort of stand here stationary and let things happen around me. That's how I tackle life. Just take things as they come. Just let things happen. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? To be honest, I thought they were both pretty shallow. The same here. But you get it? Shallow because there was a river in Pokemon. Any similarities in these? The only similarity I could come up with is that there's a big hungry monster in both of them. Okay, I also got that town slash cities are being saved. That's true. Although it's debatable how much of Odaiba is left to save. It's very little. Just the convention centre, really. Myotis wants to story literally everything else apart from that. Ah, ah, ah. Venom Myotis one. Any differences? I think that Digimon used a lot more stock footage than Pokemon did. Oh my god, I have to have two swings now. Pokemon used Ash throwing a Pokeball to call Pidgeotto, and that was about it. I've run out. I'll need to go get another can. I think I've had enough. I'm just... I'm not going to drink anymore. Okay. They're both filler, but Digimon filler is... How to word this? They're both filler, but they do filling in a different way. Pokemon creates an episode that doesn't progress any story whatsoever and can be removed. Digimon fills filler by adding bits into the story and thinning out the actual advancement as much as possible so so little happens. Digimon compresses the end of the Myotis Monarch and the start of the next arc all into one episode. You could probably cut out this episode and the last episode to have it that Myotismon dies in the episode where he dies. Myotismon didn't need to come back. All that was just so much extra padding and it didn't need that. Yeah, if you removed the big kaiju monster from it and just had the digital world appear in the sky after he died the first time, there'd be no difference. All that this big monster does is give them an opponent to bring out the mega levels against for the first time. So, if they just saved the mega levels for the next arc, that would have been fine. 
Yeah, yeah, it would have been good. Instead of creating this big bad for them just to get out the Megas as fast as possible. Just to whip out the Megas and get them out of the way. They'd basically just up the stakes as fast as possible. I've got more differences in that. In Digimon, they're already up to the like pretty much highest level of Digivolution. But in Pokemon, there's been very little... Very little. Very little. Yeah, definitely. There's been very little evolution in Ash's team at all. Or in Misty's team, or in Brock's team. The monsters don't seem to be growing very much at all in comparison to Digimons where they're up to the highest levels that they're going to reach in the series. Apart from the case of Patamon, who's a special case. Like, the last Pokemon they had that grew up was literally Butterfree. Ash hasn't evolved any of his Pokemon in ages. Misty hasn't evolved any of her Pokemon at all, as far as I can think of. And Brock definitely hasn't. The teams just aren't changing at all. And then, then themselves aren't changing at all either. Ash is identical to the Ash that we saw in the first episode. Yeah, he's like, like I said today, the battling, he doesn't battle to catch Snorlax, just throws a Pokeball at it. It's so hit or miss whether he actually remembers anything that he's learnt in past episodes. Cool, any more differences? No, that's pretty much it. Just that in Digimon, the characters and the monsters themselves have grown a lot more than the characters and monsters in Pokemon have. Which episode did you prefer the most? I preferred Wake Up Snorlax. I don't really care. They were both kind of boring for me, so you can give them the the point if you want to give them the point. Yeah, Digimon's was a very bland episode, but Pokemon I just found really just fun. I enjoyed watching it and it made me laugh. It's just a little light-hearted filler episode of Pokemon. As long as you find it light-hearted, I find it dull. It's a fine line between just completely ridiculously stupid and a fun little romp. So the score is now what? 21-18 to Pokemon. Because Pokemon's had three episodes in a row that it's won. Because Digimon's just had three bad ones. It hasn't really won this one. It's been given this one. It's just been less bad than Digimon. I'm so glad I ran out of alcohol because I would have had like an entire extra can at this point. Probably, yeah. Mano A Mano would have killed me. (laughs) Join us again next time where we'll be watching episode 40. Showdown at Dark City and Enter the Dark Masters. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the World thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. And of course, you can always support me on Patreon. If you want to be super nice, I would be really grateful, because it funds me getting drunk on episodes like this. I'm not an alcoholic, I swear. It was just a dumb idea I had before we recorded. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Fund me on Patreon, please. Bye. 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 Almost Pikachu! But seriously, I really want your money. Okay, I'm kidding. The battle for maybe a little portion of Tokyo, <laughs> Tokyo, Japan, Odaiba. Uh, it's di- Odaiba. It's it's Daiba. A do ba do A do ba do. They've just got a new intern, and he he gets to do a couple of the uh, 
fill, um, he, he does some of the filling in for shows that nobody else wants to do. And hmm. he's very dramatic. Okay. I'm not sure what that was in reference to. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was funny in just, my head. And then I said just it. just making it something up? <laughs> yes, I was. Are you just talking about something in real life? No, I wasn't. I it was, just it sounded, sounded so boring. I thought it had to be real. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it just sounds like a work situation. It's like, it, oh yeah, this guy's filling in. Isn't that funny? I don't know. Okay, I'm very tired. The like, oh, okay, wait. <sighs> I could feel it. I could feel it coming. <sighs> the double. <laughs> so, uh, 